So here we are, lawyer talk, off the record, on the air, on camera. Pretty cool. Big J, Jared Belinsky. The Belinsky Chronicles, you know, it's sort of wrapped up, right? I mean, we, we finished it up. We took, I think we sort of uh, sucked the marrow out of that one. I thought we were talking about electric scooters today. Oh, we are. But we got to wrap up the Chronicles, too. I came down here. He's like, oh, we're going to do a little wrap up the Chronicles. Either that or we're going to have you consume the devil's thumbnail. Well, we could do all, all the above, I suppose. Well, I think, I think what we're going to do is sort of give the footnote or the, I guess, the is it the prologue or the epilogue? The epilogue. epilogue which is now, you know, we started this with the barbecue, um, but you don't do the barbecue anymore. No. It's a damn shame. He's got the best vape shop this side of the Pecos. <laughs> I did smoke a, a pork roast yesterday. Did, did you? you? I did. Started in the smoker, finished it in the crock pot, which I had. I've got a bunch of tomatoes coming in. Tomatoes are coming yeah, in. I I don't know what to do with all of them. And here's what I did: dice them up, put them in your crock pot. Just let it go for the day. Let them cook down. If you want to freeze those in, they're good for a stew. They're good for later. Everything like that. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I got to freeze these in. What do you – when you say free – oh, you can? Well, I'll, I'll put them in a, in a cryovac bag, throw it in the freezer. See, I don't have one of those. And things. you got to get one of those. You go to Costco. You Vacuum got, you sealer? Got, you got this shirt there. They've got them. you got to get one. You're going to love them. See, I, people can see us now because we have video. Well, yeah, that's, work, that's a good-looking shirt, though. It's sharp. This is a $20 Costco shirt. I don't know why anybody would spend $150 on a dress shirt. So then with got those Costco at your back. With those tomatoes, you put in some onions and garlic. Then I put in a little bit of mustard, put in some of my barbecue spices. But I got the – you know, smoke for about till it was one sixty. Like I say, used to wrap them up in the bags, put it in there. That way, when I came home, let it go on low, just let it cook in the crock pot. The, yeah, with the tomatoes. So I got home, I pulled the pork out. Well, that's a lot easier than the and, oven. And then I reduced. Then well, I reduced the tomatoes first. Well, I yeah, get I it, but it, yeah. it's always the finish in the oven. Yeah. I mean, you can just throw in a crock uh, pot. Yeah, well, throw in the crock pot, and I had all this tomatoes. How you get a pork shoulder in a crock pot? Well, it wasn't a shoulder; it was a roast. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You're not going to be able to. You don't want to do a whole shoulder, but still, it was. Then you reduce the tomatoes, cook them down, and you have your barbecue sauce. Money. Money. It was It was. I, like I got to do delicious. something. My wife was on me this morning. She's like, we got like a dozen tomatoes here. What are we going to do with all of them? You just found out? There's, there's I know. a good one right there. That takes work, man. That's not it's a crock pot. Well, you're dicing them up and you're talking you about just throwing. chop them. Just take a knife, get them into pieces. You're going to cook them down. So you just fill the crock pot up and just fill let it them up, go like a stew. Fill it up. Sprinkle a little Conrico on Con top Rico. of it. Sprinkle yeah. spring a little Conrico and a spray of a spray of olive oil. Let them go. Let official go. spice of Everybody, lawyer talk. Of lawyer talk. That <laughs> is the official lawyer talk spice. Uh, but but back to it. You get you got the vape shop now. You're out of the barbecue business. Yes. Obviously, you're still barbecuing. I. But not, for for fun for not, home. Not for considering others. he's had two full lawyer talk episodes. Basically telling us how to barbecue. Well, it could have been that knowledge from before. It doesn't mean he's yeah, still doing yeah. it, but he is still doing it. And now he's got the vape shop and uh, sort of a success story, right? Things are going well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with uh, where I'm at in life today. I'll tell you it's what. Be- it's better. It, today is better than, than I ever could have imagined or when I thought things were, were good. They, they weren't as good as they are today. Yeah, so we were sitting in this very room, or I was sitting down here with, with Shorty in this very room. I'll tell you what, here's what I know. A decade ago. Agent X thought he had a one-up on you, thought he was a tough guy. Now you're sitting here, and he's carrying $5 hot and ready Domino's pizzas out of <laughs> Domino's, man. 
No, Agent X is a good guy. He's doing his job. I'm not. I'm not getting on him. I'm, I'm just saying he, he's carrying five dollar pizza. You know, Steven said he was like, "It's good that it happened when it did, Jared." It is right. It could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse. And you, I got it. It could have escalated on. It could. And I got to tell you, I've actually represented death penalty murder cases all because of weed. I've, I've represented like serious, serious, serious hardcore crime that happens because of it. It's like I'm not calling it a gateway drug. That's not what I'm going. But the fact is, whenever there's money involved, things can get dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you got out, right? So it's all clean, and and here you are, and it's um, it's uh, it, nothing short. Of a complete success story, I would say. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, thank you're, you. You're welcome. Absolutely. So, what's next here on Lawyer Talk? And uh, we've been doing a lot of talking <laughs> about what's next. And here's here's what the here's what everybody can expect. The show doesn't stop just because the chronicles are over. The show must go on. And I think we how are we gonna do the show without Jared? We're not. Oh, that's the trick, right? That's the trick. But we're still going to have lawyer talk off the record. So picture everybody picture in their head or on camera. Where am I? On camera, lawyer talk, colon, off the record. Or it could be lawyer talk, colon, on the streets. Lawyer talk, colon, DUI 360. I want to do a regular guy series. You ever see uh, Easy Money with Rodney Dangerfield? No. I know Rodney. I've never seen Easy Money. You need to. I mean, I watched it, a lot of Caddyshack. I like him in that. It, I mean, it would be considered a B movie, probably. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think who is who is in there with him. What's his name? The, the Easy Money. Uh, it wasn't my cousin Vinny in there. It wasn't Pesci in there with him. Uh, I don't think Pesci was in there. Not but there Pesci. was people. Or was it? There was Julio. Oh. Remember Julio, the uh, the boyfriend. I mean, it was. It's funny. Anyway. He develops his own line of clothing in that movie called the Regular Guy Look. Like his mother-in-law or somebody has Pesci. this fancy – is Pesci in it? Yeah. Yeah. So somebody's got this fancy line of clothes at this thing and he and they go in to try to make fun of Rodney. And Rodney's, Rodney's like, I mean, no. I mean, I need pants that are loose like these. I need regular pants. So they create the regular <laughs> – they, they create the regular guy look and it's a hit. It becomes a hit for the <laughs> department store. And uh, everybody wants to get the regular guy look. Anyway – I'd like to do a regular guy series. I mean, I, I've learned that everybody's got, and you know, Jerry, we've talked about it. everybody's got a story of some sort, or everybody's got something to talk about, and it's fascinating. See, we get to sit in my conference room now, albeit because people are sharing their problems, but we get to sit and listen to people's stories, and it's it's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. At my store, I get I get I get a lot of stories. Especially after you know somebody for four years, they've been a customer, they're coming in. It's very similar to being a bartender. But no drunks, and that's that is the best part about it because you're still servicing, you know, trying out flavors. You're talking to them, and everybody's got a story. I have a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that are starting up their business, that work their crafts, down to people that just found out that that they've got to go through treatments for cancer. Yeah, mm. you know, there's everybody's got a story. Who knows what tomorrow holds? And think about this. You know, I, I it's sad. I actually think about this a lot. My grandmother. Uh, she passed away back in the boy. That would have been the eighties, maybe even early. I can't recall exactly. But uh, within year, within a short period of time, I realized the opportunity that I lost not to sit down and get all her stories, not yeah. to actually sit there. I mean, born in '04, I think nineteen oh four. That is, and all the wow. things that that woman lived through all the things that she saw, all the things that she did, man, 
What a resource. 04 through 1970. Oh, well, 1980. I'm just yeah. saying, just in those years, oh, just absolutely. in those years right there, yeah. yep. the turn of the industrial nation, mm-hmm. you know, the internal combustion engine. Right. The, you know, there is a, a lot that happened just in those years. And, and then to continue on, what year? 04? 04. So people will say the same about my generation. I was born in 1970. We didn't have cable TV. We didn't have, you know, it was like, Things have changed so drastically that my sons, 11 and 14, are like, they didn't understand life with a typewriter or life with uh, life without like a real phone or life with uh, out remote controls mm. or whatever. So I, I guess the point life is- Life without sugar. Not that our yeah, life without sugar, life without screens, I don't know what they do. But not that, not that my life is all, all that exciting, but there are, there's a generation like my dad's age- and there's a lot of stuff that people can tell, and there's a lot of stories to be told. I think we owe it to the listening audience to help people tell their stories. And Absolutely. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to ignore lawyer talk. There's a purpose for this. We're going to give you good – I'm not going to abandon that. This is still my job. Right. Better or worse. But we came into this, our first episode, and it was just you and me. We said we don't want this to be some boring lawyer show. No, of course not. And we'll incorporate the law when we can, but we want to have fun too. See, but here's what's interesting about the law. And I learned this. If I've already given the shtick, you get to hear it again. I learned sort of somewhere in college when I became a history major. Now, I didn't become a history major for any other reason probably than I just wasn't doing any math homework. You know, it's it's sort of born out of necessity because I could get away with maybe less daily homework that way. But – I did become fascinated in history and I found out early on that if you take the legal system and sort of draw a line through history, sort of the third picture of history is three dimensions and you draw the legal system, cuts a plane through that and you can, you can tell many historical tales from the perspective of the legal system. You know, mm. laws reflect society um, either through crime or through – uh, I mean, just think what's happened in our world, like uh, legalizing abortion. I mean, think of that history that existed there, and you can use the law as a purpose. So, in other words, there's a backbone here that maybe we can still make the law relevant. Well, yeah. I mean, the law, it it, it touches everything that's going on in the world, right? Whether it's, all right, we incorporated screens into our world, and now our kids, my kids the same, struggle with the use of these screens. Well, now what have we had to do as a result? We had to put things in place like no texting and driving, you know what I mean? We've had to create laws because of things that we've created or what it's, what's going on in society. You wanted to talk when we started about these birds, these little well, things whizzing around. And, and like we're a, going a, to. The laws are coming for that. They have to. They have to. They have to. Somebody's going to die on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do here is we're going to tell stories. We're going to help other people tell stories. We're going to cover some topics that maybe are controversial. We're going to cover some topics that really make have no value whatsoever. We're going to cover topics that we think are funny, maybe you think are boring, and vice versa. But uh, we're going to have some fun here on Lawyer Talk now that the Blinsky Chronicles have uh, run its course, run has run its course. The other thing is – That book, those chapters. I mean you, you, there's, there's, there's more Blinsky Chronicles to come. You know? Oh, we've got some uh, I in mean, the can. I mean even that, not even just in the can. Stash. I'm, well, those, those, those are there. But there's the chronicles that are being written day to day. Yeah. Right. And we've got others, guests coming. Yes. We've got, I mean, look, tune in 
because we have prosecutors coming. Imagine that, us sitting around a round table with a mm-hmm. prosecutor discussing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we have other people maybe who are found themselves crossways with the legal system coming in. I've got already some people for the regular guy. Um, we have a, an author who's expressed interest in coming in. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a gentleman's a lawyer out of state, so he's heard us over the infinite airwaves, so to speak, and he wants to come in and, and, and share what he knows or what, what uh, he believes here. He's one of the million downloads of lawyer talk. If you haven't downloaded, you're in the minority now. <laughs> I mean, really, it's come down to that, right? Yeah. A lot don't download. They just go directly to the website. It's you can do that too. And you can listen to it there. To it. Yeah. Um, Jeff and I have. To be honest with you, it's easier to find your way through the episodes if you're on your website. I oh. find it. They rearrange the, 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 everything whenever I go to pick up the podcast. I think I'm listening to a new one. It's listening to an older one. Well, I, I, on I'm website, a millennial. On the I'm website, a millennial. I can, I can maneuver all through that. If you're a podcast listener, it's not too hard. You would think there'd be a but, better directory system. To categorize. I think it'll get better. Podcasting is still, you know, relatively infant. When did millennials start? I don't know. But I thought you guys always call me millennial. I don't know. There is – there's a – somebody – I have heard what the dates are. I've looked them up before. And I guess right now it's over. Yes. So there's a new one now, whatever they are. Now, I don't know what they're going to be like, but – You know, isn't almost some of – were you – when you were born, was there a computer in your house? 82 – no. no. See, you're I 82. Mean, it's close. You're 82. I think your DOS computer he, was close. If, if you're close to X or Y. Yeah. He's you're, an Xer. You're, 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 yeah, or no, 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 no. He's a, he's a millennial. He's a millennial. I, Lynn has. Is, mo- there, is there a difference between Y and millennial? Yeah, there's some definitive cutoff that somebody the, has. It's got to be the computer age, though. But think about it. The, by the time computers came about, I was young. So I remember computers as far back as I can remember. When were you I born? 82. 82. Yeah. But I remember doing like DOS right, yeah. games and I remember working with a computer like that when I was young, still in high school. Yeah, the uh, – We had TRS computer 80. rooms in, in high with school. With the Apple IIe and Oregon Trail. Apple was there. Oregon Trail, baby. All yeah, and I mean that was like at the very end. Sim that, City. That was, I don't know that. The Commodore VIC-20? Sim – ooh, I don't know that. Commodore – what was it? The Commodore VIC-20. Is that some – That was a competitor to the Radio Shack TRS-80. Atari? Apple. No, no, no. It's a, oh, it's, it's, it's a computer. A, it was a I wasn't a big computer guy. I just played games on them. Well, so you're not talking about PCs. You're talking about just uh, – Like DOS computers. Yeah. Am I saying that wrong? Like I don't know. You're talking you about – You know how you had to command something like basic, C yeah. slash to get it to open up to anything? Yeah. yeah. You were still – but that that was going on with, with uh, Microsoft you know until I was in college. You know what's hilarious to me is the games back then, to me, what I remember about them, and it was only a few games I played on those computers – they look like Minecraft. Yeah. And now people are crazy for Minecraft. They do. Just like the little. I've never heard problems. anything about that. And I was on vacation with my kid and Stella, my five-year-old picks up this sword. That's like in like pixels. Yeah. Like squares. Terrible graphics. And she's like, look, it's Minecraft. I'm like, how do you, first of all, how do you know what Minecraft is? Second, why have they found some way to develop some game that is worse graphics but now every kid wants to wants to play. You, you know, you were talking about the laws and texting while driving and everything, and I've thought about it. It's of our creatures. You're you, you, let's say you have a newborn. You're taking it to the park, and and as as humans are, before you talk anything, you just watch people, and you're learning just by seeing what people are doing. 
The way we walk is different than we did in 1982. The way we walk is different than we did in 1970. Because if the, now that we've got cameras, like, and you can see me, people are now constantly walking with their heads down, oh. looking at their hands. Hmm. So now imagine that you're a child that's been brought to the park. There's all kinds of people walking around. That's what they see. They see people with their heads down. Yeah. They see them typing and slashing here. So in, it just, 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 just you're thinking, I'm supposed to do that. That is how that evidently that is how we move. That is how we operate. Everybody else has their head down with their fingers moving on their hands. I need to do that too. I hate it. I wish we had a box at my house because my, my daughter Charlotte yelled at me a bunch of times like dad, dad, because I was emailing or something. It's like, that's what they see at an early age. They see you with your head down. You're right. Before you can even talk to your kids, they yep. will see, they see you, you know, you're right. looking down. So evidently that is something you were supposed to do. Why, they, I don't understand why a kid wants a cell phone. Well, I do because they have seen since they were born that everybody has one, that everybody is doing it constantly, that everybody is doing that. So that is what we are supposed to do. With That's what's being programmed into their, into their minds. Yeah, it is. It is going to be fascinating and maybe sad to see how this all unfolds because cell phones, screens, I mean, this, this stuff is – like a narcotic. It's a drug. I know how it unfolds. Anybody seen uh, Demolition Man? No, but I hope that if we talk about these electric <laughs> scooters that are running around. <laughs> We're going as, to. As we started talking about people not paying attention, you see them walk into to fountains. Yeah. You know, they walk into doors. Yeah. And now we got people on these. They're like ninjas. Sure, yeah. Because you got to remember these, these electric scooters out here, they sound like this. Okay, so now you're walking around with your head down, and you're about to kind of step forward, and this guy just ran up on the sidewalk. Demolition Man. I like Dude. that. In Demolition Man, to sleep with someone else because nobody wants to get any diseases anymore. And I think it's with Sebastian Wesley Shalom. Snipes and Wesley, and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. yeah, you bet. And they put, I think this is Demolition Man. They put Two headsets. Of the top actors of all time. Virtual, yeah. I mean, clearly. Yeah. They put headsets on, virtual reality headsets, and you look across at the person, and you're basically like engaged in the sex act in virtual reality, but you don't want to actually touch each other because of disease and things like right, that. Right. We all do that. It's called masturbation. <laughs> 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 Happens every day in every house. I, I can't I, believe I missed that. I can't that. say that. I can't believe happen. I haven't seen that movie. You should see oh, Right yeah, now, after movie. hearing that right there, it's whoa. a bomb movie. It's, it's a bomb more, movie, dude. It's two I, of the best. I, You're right. I'm, I'm probably never going to watch that let's movie. Not, let's not that, forget, that, forget about Wesley Snipes' tax issues and Wesley, all the other stuff. Wesley but. Snipes and virtual... No. What was it? Passenger 57? Uh, yeah. Always bet on black. Remember that line? Yeah. How about Money Train? Wesley Snipes, great uh, yeah. Money, Money Train, train and, with Woody uh, Harrelson. And Woody, yeah. 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 The only one I know with Woody in it was, wasn't he in White Man Can't Jump? White Man Can't Jump. And he was with Wesley, too, in that one. Yeah, too, Wesley. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought, what? Natural, I've seen that one. I love Natural that Born Killers. Natural Born I Wesley that. Snipes was not a Natural Born no, Killers. No, Woody Harrelson. We are doing Wesley Snipes and <laughs> Wesley and Snipes. Is Wesley, again. not Woody. We started with Wesley. I'm trying to think what else he's in. Woody or Wesley? Wesley. Uh, he was in. Uh, uh, he, where he was the guy from the future with a career. It was bad. It was like when he was trying to Oh, fit. Blade. So Blade, cell phones yeah. was really, and virtual reality. Cool. He made like five of them. Though. Like in big cities or like just a dream that are handed to pickpockets, right? Like the more people that are walking around living yeah. in an own space world or looking at their phone. I mean, well, it's just, just so to, easy just, just, uh, just to steal from The them. world is so different. So I just got back from Myrtle Beach, went on vacation with my family. Did you really go or did you go virtually? 
I did, you and, did you and your family sit well, on here's your the couch? Deal. I mean, it's like, like think about that, right? You can take a dream vacation, right? You just go. <sighs> but think about that. I have my phone. Yeah, totally yeah, I have my phone, and I got email after email, call after call. I didn't get a vacation, which was unheard of twenty years ago. You go on vacation, you tell people you're going on vacation. I'm, you might be able to reach me, maybe. You know what I mean? But I get a vacation. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk to anybody. Here's something more. So I'm sitting there. And I'm stressing out because the Wi-Fi in that place is not great for one. Two, it's unsecured. Yeah. So now I have to be like, oh, well, I'm entering an unsecured network and I'm putting anything on my phone out no, there. No, for, I don't do it. I don't you do see it. What I'm saying? I go into hotels and they're like, it's here's a different your code. World. I don't do it. It's you a different world. It. No, my mom's always like, well, here's the Wi-Fi code. I'm like, I don't do that. She's like, what do you mean? She's like, you get, I was like, no, data. Gonna, the cable I'm, guy I'm, came over and I'm he was gonna, like. I'm going to pay for that. Who knows that's like, that's just as good. Right now, yeah. everything's being recorded. I mean, think about all the things we made obsolete. How, do you go to a Hollywood video anymore or Blockbuster and rent a video? There's, there's, there's one left. It's, I read the article on it. It's gone, It's man. uh Well, they just closed two in uh, Alaska. And now I just read the article. It was a Bloomberg article. I, I And I'm trying to remember where it was at. And I don't know if it was Utah or Wyoming. Somewhere out there. Utah. I could see that. And uh, no you know, wife, their wife families, on. like, well, for one – the article's great. It starts out like this. Guy pulls up on his motorbike in front of the blockbuster, taking off his helmet. The owner comes out. He's like, you can't park there. So what do you mean? He's like, you can't park there. He's like, why not? He's like, people take pictures here. People take pictures there. It's like, just a, a like, scenic like, view? Like, like, it's, like it's the last blockbuster. Huh? Oh, like people I got you. Will It's like going to the there. first Starbucks. Yeah. It's like they go there and they're yeah. taking pictures. And – I, I, t- I showed this article to my guys at my store. I said, why is there only one Blockbuster left? That was a question I asked them all. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, because we downloaded it. I said, well, why is there only one? Why is there one? I said, now I'm going to start by showing you some photos of the inside of this immaculately clean Blockbuster with the candy aisle. I know where you're with going. The, you know what I mean? And it yeah. is beautiful. And the same people are working there that have been working there for 20 years. The same family. The I got same. a hunch where this is People going. can't stop coming in because they're not selling the product. They're selling themselves. They didn't want to stop seeing them. And they want to bring their kids. And their kids get a kick out of it. They still now. I'm going to take it one step further. I think, Jared, yeah. probably why it's still successful and probably why it still exists is because it's a museum. Well, that's essentially what it is. People well, are coming there now to, to a see point that. it is. There's, there's a reason then. that at Blockbuster, if you lose the movie, they're going to charge you five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I because those days. right now, yeah, do you remember those days? Oh yeah, behind rewind or something. Remember yeah. buying the rewind machine so you didn't have to be so you, be didn't, kind. So you don't wear rewind. So you don't wear out your VCR motors. We, my parents did. We had a machine. Oh, yeah, we had one. I didn't got, have that. He click it in there. Yeah. And I'll bet you, I, I'll bet you, I don't know this for, to be sure. I wish we had like live comments. Because I would bet you that no VCR motor ever wore out from rewinding. I never had a problem with them. I the sad know. thing is, those are built. <laughs> those are built better than anything. Really? You know what I mean? What VCRs fun. still work today. Now they still have material that cannot be found to download. That the rights are not. There are still obscure recordings and DVDs yeah. and yeah. VHSs that people will come in, and it's like, yes, if that movie ends up missing. They have gone and, and other blockbusters have closed down. They have gone and bought their inventory, found the rarities. They, they've got it. So this yeah. this is – to I, so I do get your museum part, but some museum that you get to take home. Well, you can just go to the yeah. library. Be, well, <laughs> right. 
I go to the library every <laughs> library weekend. I got do they sell got. gobstoppers? Yeah, and yeah, hot tamales. You just you just cruise. See, the sad CBS. thing is, is it's such a good like. Whether it's family, whether it's a date with a girl, it's like you get in your car, you drive, you walk around, you say, have you seen this one yet? You look at the back of the box. You know what I mean? Oh, oh I mean, that, that was new release, night. they only it got 20 of them. We got to get there in time because it's going to be sold. I got cable in 2005. That's about. Okay, yeah, that's 2005. About right, yeah. And so I lived in an area for a while. That I didn't get had the had the foil on the antennas. I didn't yeah, get the best receptions. So me and Blockbuster were close. We were tight. Well, that was like you have date one, if you want to call it a date. You meet her like with your buddies at a bar. This is back in the nineties. No, come on. You, this you is like drink. high school dates. No, no, no. Yeah, this is like you drink. You, you know, you go drinking. You meet her, your buddies. And it's like you get like, all right, now you're going to go out. or So you, then you have like a dinner date. You're going to cruise her around. There's like a destination to and from. And then you get to these this sort of like the beginning of the middle stage where you're just going to hang out. And Blockbuster was crucial for that. Yeah. Crucial. I mean, you would go like you on, got, you like got a to, Sunday night. You got to learn something about whoever you went there. You would go there with a girl. You're walking around. Let her lead. And so you can see what she's picking up, you know. She's picking up all the crazy axe movies. You're like this. I don't know. I don't know. It's that might be pretty cool, actually. Here. You know, you pick a well rom com. It, it might as be opposed to cool. a rom com. It might not be. But here's the thing: it's like you, you get, get you get you're limited in conversation. So if you're young and you're at that point where you like girls, but you know how to communicate to them, once that movie starts, the lights go down. It's like you're just going to both enjoy the movie and. Lights just went down. Yeah, I, know, I, no, I, I, like, I could care less the movie that was picked out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Does, or, doesn't matter. Or you get the extra one for Sunday morning. Or you, like maybe it's the first night she stayed over and had a bag. So you better get two. So, so, so it's like she's, not, she's yeah. not doing a drive of shame in the morning. No, she had a bag. You're not doing a drive of shame. She's, it's like you, you brought extra clothes. So she, she puts on the old sweats or the yoga pants, whatever the hell they're wearing. Oh, I thought we were talking about a different bag. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And then she goes <laughs> – it's always the beard that does this kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't get it. And then and you're like, what are you going to do today? So you're maybe going to grab a burger at Max and Irma's and go to the Blockbuster. Or just get Taco Bell takeout, go to Blockbuster. Taco Bell, man. Chili's. 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 Ooh, I Chili's, remember Chili's man. back in the day for sure. Chili's, TGI yeah. Fridays. You want to know who can remember Chili's? Shorty. Shorty's at Chili's. Dude, Chili's. She's all about Chili's. Chili's broke my heart. Don't they because, still have them? Oh, yeah. There's, well, there's like one. They broke my heart, oh, man. Sawmill Road. Sawmill Road. Blair, I mean, there's, there's a few of them. But they, they broke my heart. Yeah. That was my restaurant when I was a kid, man. I was like, dude, get that queso dip. They got good chicken fingers. They got all the stuff there. Man, I had an apartment on the north side right over there within walking distance. Have you been there recently? No. They're where? Where are they at? Off Sawmill. You just that's, it. that's the only one, right? <laughs> well, there's one down right in Kraft, like there. in the United States. I don't know. I think no, that's they, it. Well, if they have them, they're in Columbus, right? That's the that's the thing. They just Columbus it's not has that more good anymore. Food. I mean, the queso, I guess. Well, none of it is right. It was like the Friday microwave sort of food broke through on this with the like really good fried food. <laughs> so <laughs> right. It's like they're going to start getting real creative with the fried food and the dips yeah. and the appetizers, and then everybody copied it, and it sort of got boring. Yeah, it's just fried. It's it's onion rings, and, and stuff pre- like they had that. that. Was it the Presidente Margarita? Oh, the margaritas. Came, yeah, and you you, they, you, you know you dump the. Dump it had like the green glass with the blue lip. Boy, they were good. Yeah, yeah, those were good ones. I read an article this over my vacation in a health magazine that was rating all these different companies on like their food quality oh, yeah. and where they get their stuff. But amazingly, Taco Bell. Where do you think Taco Bell is on a scale of A to F? I bet they're an A. I'm going to keep quiet because I just read something about this and I was pleasant, B plus. I was B plus. pleasantly surprised. B, B plus. 
McDonald's. Where do you think they're at? I think I'm remembering this correctly. C, which I was like, wow, that's actually not bad. I think they've changed your chicken protocol and well, they're look, doing more. A C is passing. C is passing. F's were chilies. Olive Garden, believe it or not, got an F in their food. They use the microwave a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other F's. Um, man, what was another F? There's a lot of F's. ton of fast food F's. Arby's was an F. Um, top two. What do you think the top two places are for food quality and just their standards? You mean up? up for, for any sort of the best. Quick takeout type food. Not like- Who got going the, Wendy's? Who got the best rating? I think Wendy's saying? was around the CB range. This, it's ones you're going to think of. Chipotle, oh, yeah, number sense. one. Yeah, Panera, number one. That's so up north. They, that's they, Chipotle up north. They both got A's. <laughs> they're not having a good day right My now. My father-in-law said yeah. the same thing. He's yeah. like, Chipotle, that's killing everybody. <laughs> so, really? It, Chipotle? They got like it. They had a bunch of- They've had some issues. They've had some issues. I think it goes from the standards, like in their procedures. So where are they getting their chickens? What are the procedures in their, you know, for getting all their lettuce and vegetables and all that kind of stuff? It's just how higher quality food. But with higher quality food- well, with higher quality food comes contamination because if I use manure on a crop, for instance, you know what I mean? It's like if you don't wash that correctly or, you know, do the correct standards of before you serve it, yeah, it could be somebody that. sick. Give me the DDT, man. Well, here's what it does. It gets you sick, but briefly. McDonald's or somebody like that that's getting an F is probably going to kill you a cancer when you're 65. They didn't you know get I mean? an F. McDonald's. Oh, well, McDonald's got a C. You're right. I can't yeah. be dogging on McDonald's. Arby's eating that Arby's roast beef, man. Well, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't want to get too much into like it beef. because, well, it, I, I, my imagine on there is the slicer because they says they, you know, they slice the sandwiches, oh. they pull the meat out, they slice the sandwiches. Really, if you want to follow the rules, they would have to clean it each time. Each time. Yeah. How are you going to clean it every time? Now, when you haven't made a sandwich in a few minutes, you need to clean it. And I'm sure that there are people that slice the sandwich. And wrap up the meat, put it back in the hot box, and they walk away from the slicer. I'll tell you right now. I worked for Kroger for a year when I was a freshman in college, and I worked in the deli. And I sliced sandwiches all day long. Not sandwiches, but more of like people coming up and saying, I want it super thin, a pound of turkey. We clean that at the end of the day, <laughs> every day. That's it. Man. I've never seen anybody I'd slice clean roast one of those beef. Things. I'd slice turkey. It's I'd slice everything. Ass. I had cheese. One of those. I, I, you have a slicer, an industrial slicer like that? No, it was like a, it was like a, a high-end home one by Braun or one of those. It was like let, me, a, let me tell you, you, your fingers are at risk. You probably let me tell you something. I've got, I, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I got I'm show. not good with fingers. I, 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 I will find this photo. <laughs> oh, my God. My brother one time was helping me out. Oh, man. And he's using the slicer. He's just like going fast with it. <laughs> and I hear a boom. And he's like... And he just got his hand in his finger, and he's like, that ain't good. You, you know, gotta check like, it out, He's man. like, it ain't good. It How ain't good. It didn't saw through. Oh, yeah. Man, I've got, from the thumbnail attached to the, let me put it this way. I saw, I was like, you got to go. Somebody get him in the car, go. And so he <sighs> had to go. Everybody's and, like squirming. And now yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll yeah. find it, because when I, I found I, I found the thumb on the tray, Oh my does, he, does he have a short finger? Or did it re- oh no, you, you, he's got a. He's, he's, I didn't he's got one. He's got one very similar to you. But did he lose uh, bone? No, no. But he's not an amputee. Though. Um, no, he's not. He's not an amputee. He lost a good piece of it though. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that stuff anymore. Cutting fingers off. Slicers. Well, that's why I thought I was a millennial because I can't do any of that stuff. That's the stuff from Generation X. Like before we started today, you were able to. 
get things working as far as getting things installed, screwed in, plugged in. But who'd you ask when you had a computer issue? I asked. You uh, asked the millennial. The but then yeah. we've had people like Palmer over here who's got the ability to chop his fingers off doing actually good work at times with different at times yeah I different say. woodworking and fixing things but then you also got the computer skill so you're did triple threat, oh, it was double all threat. born see when we started the practice computer i mean it was all a server was it was like this yeah. mystical thing so I that makes me sad that. about my life because i can't change my oil i probably could youtube it that's my millennial and figure it out but i can't do those things we talked about my mailbox how excited i was about that it's like my dad could do everything when i was a kid he fixed whatever you know what I mean? It's like that's just ingrained in kids back then. Now I'll tell you a story. There's um, there's this uh, book I read. There was a guy named uh, Stephen Ambrose, and he there was yeah, some controversy about Stephen Ambrose. He was a World War II historian, and there was some controversy that maybe he plagiarized some stuff or whatever. But I happen to think, being a history major, not a PhD, and I know there's some people out there that know a lot or, or a lot more academic about it than I am. But he sort of wrote history like a novel. I mean, it, it, it sort of opened up these history to the masses that it became interesting to read. It wasn't some boring Brit writing like a five volume awful set of books that you had to later go forth. It was awful, but he wrote a book and it was called, uh, I think this one was called citizen soldiers. And he made a point in there and I never forgotten it. The Americans came over and one of the one of the things that he was arguing anyway that made us successful in World War II is that they were all a bunch of farm boys and mm. and they could fix anything. And the ingenuity that we had over there was a huge advantage. So for instance, they get that we invade Normandy and we get into what's called hedgerow country. Hedgerow country are these, if you've ever seen it, Google it or whatever, but they're these big hedgerows and tanks couldn't get through. I mean, it, it was like we weren't ready for that battle. I mean, the Germans had hunkered in. We got through the Atlantic Wall and now we're stuck in hedgerow country for months and we had to figure out how to deal with it. Well, he, our guys just was like, well, heck, man, we'll just, we're just going to take our welder and we're going to put these big spikes on the front of our tanks so we can just plow right through the hedgerows. And it's like, it was that kind of ingenuity that mm. made us successful. And the Germans weren't a lot – like they didn't have the authority down their chain of command to do such things. I mean that they, they had a, a, a stricter chain of command where the Americans just like, well, screw this, man. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do it this way because this is going to work. And it's sort of been the American way for years, and I fear we're losing it. Mm. I, well, that's absolutely. it. My, my, my uncle used to have a repair store. He repaired your toaster, your dryer. He, he repaired small – Appliances, and I'm sure you remember these. Steve. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. the small appliance repair stores? Yeah. There's no need to repair it now. You just dump it. You throw it away. You buy a new one. But there was a point in time where everything was fixed. Everything was kept around. Everything was reused. Yep. Mm -hmm. And when I would go as a child in North Dakota, as my dad calls it, the land time forgot. The farms and where they lived, sometimes you might have to make a tool to fix the problem. You bet. All right. You know, you would make your own tools and you had to, I mean, those guys could all work on aircrafts. They can work on tractors. They can work. They they can, they can build. I'm, I'm just saying. No, I'm with you, man. Those, the, and, and. They came from the it, farms where they it, just used to fixing stuff that broke. But it's also like my father will say now is that you have to inherit a farm these days. 
Yeah. You can go get a degree in, in science farming and you can go get all that. But if you don't have somebody that already has the seed planted, you, it's it's very difficult no. to go out there and, and, yeah. and do that today. It's just not. It's just, yeah. And I can't, I can't say I grew up on a farm, but I grew up tinkering with stuff like, like these things around here. You know, we went out to your garage and these, these things on the wall are like these sound absorbing acoustical panels. Now we could have bought those. What fun is that? No. We went out to Jared's workshop. I thought you did buy those. You you made those? Yeah. yeah. Me and Steve made, you didn't know. We, oh, you, we went you out to Jared's these? workshop and Yeah, they look perfect. And and it was yeah. like, I mean, all Steve right. gets so many boxes at the office stacked up back there. I just figured you bought some more panels. Well, it was like three times as much to, to oh, I'm buy sure. And we went out and took my boy out there and we set it all up and we did it. And it was like- if Drew made had, some cuts. Drew made some cuts. Drew, nice. Drew, Drew made some cuts. But we got to the point where we had to figure out how to hang them on the wall. And we were both like, well, man, we've been hurrying through this. If we had really thought about this advance, we would have done it this way. But we I could tell. We would have had a cleat put on there. We, we would have had a, a, a cleat. And we would have, it would have hung. Anyway, it was like, all Can right. people see my face right now? <laughs> so how are we going to get this done? And uh, you and I have both been around enough of this kind of stupid stuff. That were, I just thought about it. And you're like, all right. Yeah. And it was not just get it done. It was get it done with what's in the garage. Because that we were, was it. We weren't going out. So it's like. No, I'm not going to buy something. We're like, once once we got to put together a cleat is a way we would put a board where we would be able to mount on the wall. Sort of hang and, it up. And it would be able to hang it. Gotcha. We didn't We didn't do that. And we thought at the end there. And so then I just start going and pulling out bins and baskets. And I'm like, i got some wire here. we got hooks here. we got, you know. And. That's your story. The, the that's way they're the hanging up there, that's 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 what we got here. Is we, yeah. uh, they look good, don't they? They look that, they look great. I like I said, I didn't know you build them. I mean, here's the here's the problem, and I, I'm not blaming my dad for this. My dad was a great dad, but we had a Chevy Nova when I was a kid, '72 Chevy Nova. And I loved it. I always wanted a car like that. It had wide track wheels on it. it didn't have a big engine. It had an inline it, six. That you could see through to the floor. '72 beautiful there's emissions. There's yeah, beautiful car. And there was something that went wrong with it. And there was a guy in town that did the fixing of it. And he was a parent of somebody else I went to school with. I didn't know her very well, but went, I went to school with him. And my mom followed me over there to this dude's house to drop the car off. And my, my dad wasn't there, but we were basically dropping the, the car off. And I sort of jumped out and introduced myself to him. I said, Thank, thanks for taking a look at it. I appreciate it, man. And I started to head back to my mom's car. And I left with my mom that day. But he couldn't figure out why I wasn't going to sit there with him and watch him fix it because his purpose was, yeah, bring the car over. I don't even charge you. I want to teach this young man how to fix it. And I didn't do it. And you didn't take the bait. I didn't take the bait. But he he, he couldn't process that. Like, you got a car like this, man. Uh, you fix this next time. You know what I mean? And that's just not in our society. And maybe- well, my whole life, my dad, anybody has a problem in it, whatever it is. They will bring it to him. Come out to his shop. He's always had a shop. He'll build a shop before he builds his house. And weld it, tack it, create it. He's, he's very innovative. And I've been around that my whole life. To where my mom goes right. to the store, she finds something, and she's like, well, that's neat. way that, that, that works. I'll have Alice build me one. Yeah. What, what, instead of buying anything, she would look at it. Back before everybody had cameras on them, she would draw a sketch of it and be like, I just <laughs> saw this right here. We can hang the, you know what I mean? I, nice. you make me one of these. I lucked out that when I was 15 years old, I bought a 1979 Jeep CJ5. Assing was held together with bailing wire. And me and my dad worked on it, stripped it down to the frame. We rebuilt the whole thing and up. And I remember at one point in time, I mean, because I would work, 
I would buy a part. I would come home. I would work on it, and I was take. I got frustrated. And I remember my dad said, uh, he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you your money back right now. I'll buy it out from you, and I'll finish it. And I remember I was frustrated. I walked outside, but I knew that he would finish it, that he would have this. So I had to go back in there and just get to it. And we built this Jeep, which I'm I'm so glad that we did. It's It was a beautiful vehicle. And when I was 16 years old, I had a totally restored 1979 Jeep CJ5 with a lift on it and the KC smiling face yeah, awesome. headlights on the top, man, you know, 258.6, the three-speed. And uh, – Boy, it was it was that that you know what I mean, and that that taught me a lot, and that's just it. Though I've always been around, and I've I'm, yeah. I work I work with my hands well, better in in washers, nuts and bolts than, than on a computer. Yeah. But that was I didn't have the option. My parents couldn't have given me a screen. Yeah, I remember Dad taking me out of the shop, and literally, he always had he saves every nut and bolt because you don't know when you'll need that one. Yep. And he's got these nut and bolt bins. And I used to sit down and take washers and screws, and I would just Make some, put them together, something. just bolt yeah. them up. That was my toy. My, mm-hmm. my, my, you know what I mean? I was, did a lot was, of that yeah. And if I was born in a different era, maybe I would have had that pad. See, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg or it's the ear or the not. I mean, I, I, was, I was born in a house that did not have a big metal shop or an outdoor thing. But, you know, we had some woodworking tools that my dad sort of tinkered with. But my my go to toy box was the junk drawer in the garage. You know, it was like all the same nuts and yes. bolts, and I didn't even know what some of that stuff it was left over. Probably from when they built the house, the plumbing stuff, and all the crap. But my brother lived there too, and that wasn't his go to toy box. And so I, I don't know if it's just uh, some people are just like that kind of stuff. Some people don't like that kind of stuff. I, I don't. Yeah, well, take it fifty years before that. You had to. You had to. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I guess that's if you want to live. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And, and now, now people can food for a hobby. You were in that transition. And 50 years exactly. later, it's exactly. going to be like, even if you're inclined to do it, you'll never get an opportunity to know if you can. Right. I and mean, that's sort of the thing. Or maybe now, that's why I, I mean, computers to me, and I can't say I'm a programmer or whatever, but it's sort of the same kind of stuff. Like what we've built in here with all the studio, I've never recorded audio before in my life, but it's all sort of the same problem solving stuff you just figure it out and you make it but work. it's moving that way the jobs don't even the parents aren't making the mistake because you almost don't need to teach your kids those skills the jobs are moving away from them just like you said we had it's that gonna TV, come back. then it's we gonna that, come back. You're, you're you're opening a whole nother can of word worms where we're turning into a service world i don't want that all, i don't I'm just want saying that either it's going there i'm just yeah. that yeah, we we do nothing the but tv service. shops that are servicing people are going away here's my the, the guy that shoveled coal into the furnace to run the titanic here's my prediction though is or office buildings in new york city you've got <laughs> you know I mean? you've got a situation now where people are coming out of college with absurd amounts of debt and not a sufficient income to justify it and if you, if somebody, if I took a business opportunity to Glenn, my accountant, and I said, Glenn, this is going to cost me $200,000 and I got to borrow that money at 5%. And I'm in two years though, I'll be able to start making money on this asset that I'm purchasing and I'm going to make 1%. He would say, don't do it. Say, don't. Go spend, don't, don't buy that. I went through this. I had a condo that I bought right. I fixed it myself. I did the bathroom. I did the kitchen. I did the floors. I did all of it. I changed. I did all the electric. 
and I did the math on it. I could have kept it and rented it and it would have taken years to get the money that I could have made tax-free by just selling it, right? I, I made a very calculated business decision, better to sell it. I can get the cash now, it's tax-free. If I wait, I rent it, and then I got to pay tax when I sell it. And it's going to take like 15 or 20 years to get that same profit out of rental. And even if you even if you in, like bake into that certain uh, uh, appreciation of it. And now you're going to find, I think, that education, people are going to start looking at that pragmatically. We had a client in the office the other day that looked at it that way. And he was like, yeah, I started out getting a four-year degree in this, um, in this, in this particular field. And he's like, but why would I do that? I mean, I, 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 it, I did some research and four years is going to get me no more money than just getting the two-year associate's degree. So I'm just getting the two-year degree. What's, ever, he, what's he doing? Uh, it Automotive? Was, it was, uh, no, it was uh, mechanical engineering. And it was, Man, I just feel like that people want that degree. They it, want it, it. Doesn't open the door as much. Here's the thing: Clinton did this years ago, right? Everybody ought to have that education. It's a good, you know. It's like that's pretty good. But at the end of the day, not it doesn't make you a better man or woman. No, it does have an education. You can educate yourself all day long. Just pick up stuff and read it and learn about it, and just go do stuff. Have life education. It doesn't make you better, but somehow it's we've gotten this weird notion in society that you're a lesser person. And I think it's a bunch of crap. I mean, I don't think you make a lesser person. It's the paper. It's the being able to walk in and say, "I got my degree from X," and it's worth. I feel like it's the it's the it's it, the floor. So consider you that paper. Consider who? this the asset to the employer. This is your. I'm asset. an employer. And you lay this down in front of Jared and say, I got this asset. It's my paper. It's my degree. And guess what? That's worth $250,000. And you're like, well, you know how to run a sweeper? You know how to, you know, whatever you're doing, what do you know how to do? All right. Well, I'm going to start you at 15 bucks an hour. And you're like, well, I, I got to pay the money back on this. I, I've got this big piece of paper right here. And this says I get to, I, I got to pay this back. Don't you see? But Jared, you're you're like, in, I've you're heard in, that paper is good for cleaning windows. And you're like, you're an anomaly. Because no, you've, you didn't go to business I'm, school, I'm an, you didn't. I'm, do an, I'm an entrepreneur. Okay, and I'm and I'm gonna continue on. You know, we talked about the vape. You know, I've got a distribution, a wholesale company. You know, I mean, I've got I've got multiple assets, and and we're 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 working in here now. Like Steve said, I'm learning about. I hate computers, man, but I bought one. I'm learning how to download video. I'm learning how to put it together. I'm learning how to build and work with. You're an this. entrepreneur. You're a CEO. You're a president. You're all these things, but. There's a lot of people in the society that aren't capable of doing that. And getting a piece of paper that says he is would change none of it. Not for him. Or anybody else. You don't think that a degree matters? I, so what's your position with your kids? Do you want your kids to get a college degree? I want my kids to be happy. Do I care necessarily if they go get a four-year college degree and stuff? I don't. Now, I care if they become dependent, uh, spoiled, and incapable nothings, right? That that worries right. me more than them getting an education. I happen to think, look, I remember it was a day before college or a day before I had to go back to, this might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was within weeks of having to go report for my first day of training camp for football at the College of Worcester. So late July, early, whatever it was. And I was going to go start my freshman year of, of college football. And I remember I was standing on top of a two-story wall. My shirt was off. I was tan. I was in great shape because I'd been working my ass off all summer, drinking beer, doing whatever. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, I got the life. And I had a bank account. I had, I had, I mean, and if I could go back and really assess what I thought I had, you know what I was? I was happy. I, I liked it. I had a job I really, really liked. Um, I was working my ass off, but I had a job I liked. 
and I and I actually I had this thought as I'm standing on top of a two story wall, like we were laying out for the trusses. The crane was coming, and I was like, I mean, I didn't, I don't have to go. I don't have to go to college. I don't have to do this. I can just I could I could just why would I why would I do it now? I can't fault that decision, but I almost made it. I almost made it. Now, I don't know what I'd be doing now. I probably – Could have been construction talk I, off the roof. I, I, I surrounded myself around people that I learned trades. Yeah. I, I followed people. I got little to no pay at times. I got – you know, but I always knew that I was learning. And if you, I'm learning, it's – I like – I enjoy learning. You walked into a kitchen and said, I'll work for free. Yeah. I just want to know. Yes. You know what I mean? And then the same kitchen there, Today, I got I got bumped up to where I had people that had these degrees that he's talking about that were very upset that I would be telling them what to do. Right. You told me this story. Tell tell that story. Well, I mean, you, I, you were I, setting up a catering thing, right? Well, I mean, yeah, we, I was upstairs. I was I was I was I had a crew of about eight guys that worked underneath me, and I would have to write the prep list. I would write up the time, the timelines. We have to get everything out, the days. And, and you know, in, in catering, you do Wednesday's work on Tuesday. You're always a day ahead of yourself. And I was got the team together, and I gave everybody jobs. And I gave one gentleman a job that he thought, I don't know, was below him. And he says to me, you know, I have a CIA degree. What is that? Culinary Cul- Institute of America. And that's the big one. Man, it's like. $40,000 a quarter, something mm-hmm. like that. And, but. Well, he said more. He, well, you know, I mean, he, 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 he had that degree and I, I broke it down to him and I told him, I said, listen, I said, so you want, he's like, and I work, yeah, he, he was not happy. I'm not going to use, he, there was foul language coming out here. He was just, he was like, and you're my fucking boss. And I was like this, I said, if you want my job, it's real easy. All you got to do is be better than me. Until then, I'm going to need you to peel those potatoes. I'm going to need you to make those salads. And I'm going to need you to take out the trash and make sure the tank's clean. All you got to do is be better than me. And that was always my my thing was that all I had to do was be better than the guy next to me. And I will be able to get up. And we have that principle here at our firm. It's like you could call our firm, 614-224-6142. That's right. And I could pick up the phone. I mean, we are not above – we, we well, all just answer it, right? the phone when the phone is ringing. I don't I mean, that, have a hierarchy here of right. like, you know, I'm just – I'm, I'm in my office. I don't, I don't, don't – I don't, I've never, I've never – yeah. I mean, you do have a man – you do have to have some kind of structure. Well, but people I, have to do – I can't yeah, do it all. So. But you – I always said you're an employee. Yeah. This is – you work for this. Your job is going to be whatever I ask you of that day. And I've asked people that before when they start out if they have a problem with that. And I had in my store, when I first opened up, I heard these kids talking, and they were talking about Sonny. I know he, he owns the Dairy Queen down the road. And they didn't know I knew him. And they were talking about one day this kid was like, I came into work, and we were there. It was a slow day. Sonny gave him a bucket and a hose, told him to go wash his car. You bet, yeah. And this kid said he was just felt great like this and couldn't believe he did that. He walked out of the bucket. Then he walked off his job, and he was like, yeah, felt proud of himself. I, I was would, listening, oh. and I was like this. I said, you did what? He's like, yeah. I said, well, that's funny because I've had an employee wash my car before. I was like, 
either that or I could have sent him home and he could have gotten not paid. If the business is down, we didn't have any, we didn't have anything to do. It doesn't matter. You know what I would have done? I would have said, do you have any wax? I'll wax. I would have polished it. Done, man. How about whenever he drove home, it would have been wiped out. Perfect to the T. You bet. It would have been perfect. To the T. Don't apply to be our law clerk and don't think that you won't have that same perspective. I remember I've filled up the gas tank for Eric before yeah. i know nick who used to work for us had to run out and find a shirt for a, a lawyer yeah we've driven people's family members to appointments yeah. it's like when you're a law clerk if you want to do this job you do whatever they tell you i do it to this day yeah like i was at the grocery store the other day getting stuff for here i was like i i and i call everybody here i was I, like hey i'm going to the store you guys need anything i i don't if it needs done, I do yeah. it. As a young guy, I, I took pride with that. I never felt like I was being belittled. I was honored that they knew that I would accomplish that goal. Yeah. We had, we had that happen up. today, a week ago. You guys were starting the focus group and you said, I need more. I need more drives for videotaping. Yeah. I was like, look, I ran out and bought them. You did. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't call somebody and say, well, that's, I had that's somebody, way below my pay grade. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? I had somebody working here one time. I'm not going to mention any names. And there's a point in time when I sort of started looking at my world, not as, all right, you're this lawyer guy with this job and this is the work to be done. It's like, no, I got a family at home. I got a household at home. I got a building and I got a car and I've got, uh, I just, I, I have this thing. I have all these things that I have to do. It's sort of like my little mini empire. We all have our own little personal empires and it's just, you have to devote energy to all those things so we can do the job that makes us the living. And there was a time that I, I uh, assigned a task that sort of fell into the personal side of my world to somebody. Sort of like you're talking about. It's like, hey, man, can you go pick up the shirt? Sorry, I hate to do this to you. but Or look, man, I, I got to get a gift for so-and-so. It's not work really. Just run out and grab. And I, I did this, and the individual questioned it. Not to me, but to that who would have been their supervisor. And it got back to me. And I said, you know, it's funny because – what I, what I, the way I looked at that was not something lesser than what their normal job would be, but something more. I trusted this person with something personal. I trusted this person to know something personally about me and then follow through with it. It's far more important to me than, you know, can you put this paper in a file? And then I got a complaint, like this grumbling back. I never trust that person again. That person's not here anymore. And it's like, it's yeah. it, right? It's He's like, talking about me, Jared. <laughs> it was like, it, it, and to me, I remember working for Bill Meeks and Sam. It's like- when, The stories you have of that. <laughs> when I, I see with, with Meeks, it was like, you didn't, he didn't talk to you for a long time. When you just, when you're like, you're new, like you're a ghost. And I remember Eric was not a ghost. I was the ghost because I was new and he had been there. And Eric, it was the guy that had to go pick up the fecal samples and take them to the vet, the dog shit. <laughs> right? So I re- Law clerk in a law office. By any other measure, that's a shit job, right? Yeah, I mean, that, right. that by definition. Right. But I remember how good I felt when I was allowed to go take the dog shit to the vet because I, it wasn't that that was a crappy job. It was, I suppose, by definition. But it was more like – that was the most important thing in his world, and he trusted only a handful. You're earning of people trust. Do it. You're, you're in the you're, circle. You're in the circle. Of trust. Right. And yeah. I was like, I that was like, all right. 
he finally knows who I am, that I'm capable of doing things. And there's a feeling of busting your ass and 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 doing not what you're not told to do. And then you're like, I wonder if anybody notices that. Does anybody even notice that? And you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and you keep asking yourself, man, I keep doing a lot of extra. And then you finally get to act, get to go get the dog shit. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're like this, sweet. Yeah. I, I, I mean, no, it is. This is it. I think. Because if he didn't, he doesn't care enough about you. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I fell into your. Maybe I'm right on the cusp of millennial and Generation X or whatever. I fell into. I remember I worked a job at a at a. It was Alcoa, which was like an aluminum plant. But I did sort of subcontracting work with office supplies, and it was hard because I was in school and they expected me to work a lot of hours. And I'd get up at like five a.m. and drive to this place and meet all these people and say, "What do you need for your office supplies? What about this? How'd you like this pen? How'd you like all that?" I, it was just one of those jobs. But I got paid, and I went to the bars, and I would go gamble with my buddies, and I had an income. And I remember something happened within our printing where they didn't put store stops on the labels. So they sent all this crap to this huge manufacturing company. And they said, you know, the the people there that worked there were like, I don't know where any of this is going. I'm not looking up all these names. They didn't have a store stop on it. I don't know if it's store stop one on my delivery or store stop 60 on this aluminum company. So you know what I did? I was like, well, I'll fix that. I'll just get it before I am go to the shipping company, which was nearby my school and right on with a Sharpie where each store stop is. Cause I got a list of where everybody is. Yeah, you know you what go. I mean? It's like, and I remember the, I remember thinking this sucks. I can't believe I'm getting up to do this. I would go out and party on Thursday nights and Friday morning there was a delivery and I'd be probably half intoxicated driving at 4am to this place, writing with a Sharpie where they need to go. And they would still complain. Like if anything was off and my boss was like, how are we fixing that problem? I was like, well, I've been driving. 4am putting Sharpies on. She's like, you've been doing that. I was like, well, how the heck else are we going to fix it? And I remember when she had that conversation with me, it was like what you said. It was like, I was so proud because I had my 18 year old dumb partying college kid, idiot head figured out how to fix that problem. It's like the hedgerows, man. Well, look, you've not only did you figure out how to fix that problem, you did it without question. And by that, I mean, nobody had to tell you to do it. And there are a lot of people, I don't care if you're a millennial or if you're my generation or my dad's generation or whoever it is, there's always these people that would say, what a bunch of bullshit, man. My job isn't to put Sharpies and do this kind of crap. This is somebody else's job. And you probably worked with a bunch of them. And it's like, I. Well, that that was a funny thing. It was them. So they would, they had this ship. There was a person that delivered within the company. Well, he's the one bitching. So he's the one saying, well, I don't, I'm not going to take the time to figure out where these need to go. They don't have store stops on them. Not my job. So he's a complete, yep, they don't pay me enough to do that. Da, 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 da. That's so I problem. had to fix it. And, look, I mean? and, that, and that's not, so he, he may have had a piece of paper, but you're right. It's yeah, not going right. to get you anywhere. And it's sad because I hope my kids have that in them. And I don't know. It's not like my dad pulled me aside and said, do anything any boss ever asks of you. It's just, to me, it was, the, it's like, do what's right. Right. I had a do kid, I had a kid that worked done. for me and, uh, now he's a friend of mine's kid. I'm 20 years. He's 23 now. And I started with him working at the barbecue whenever, I guess, what do you got to be 15 or 14 or whatever it is, but I forget at the point in time, uh, whatever the law was. I want to say it was 14. He could wash dishes for so many hours or whatever. And he worked there all through high school. And he would come in and you never had to tell him what to do. He would knock out like he's got to fill up sauce. He's got to move this. And then once he would get that done, he would pull racks aside. He would take things off the shelves and he'd start cleaning. You never had to tell him what to do. He would just always see things that needed done and he would do them. And I was always like, man, this guy, this kid's going to go somewhere. 
And I remember his mother was not happy with him. She wanted him to get a four-year degree. Yeah. He did not want to get a four-year degree. He decided that he wanted to be an electrician. So he went through trade school. Right now he's in his journeyman. He's going Good through for him, man. And yeah. he works for a great company. I mean, once again, though, no, he gets up. He's on. He's he's there to get his truck at five a.m. in Newark, you East bet. Johnstown. Mm-hmm. But at twenty-three years old, he just bought a house, you know, and he put twenty percent down, cash money, so he didn't have his PMI that he had saved up since he was a kid, since he was working for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm he, he's looking to buy another Harley Davidson. He's got a nice sports truck. Yeah. I ride with him, you know. And there's a bunch of bikes that he he wants a bigger bagger, something he can put some things on, something his old lady's a little bit more comfortable on the back. He had to get a starter bike, but he paid cash for that bike. And he's out looking at him. I've gone and looked at a number of bikes with him. Once again, he's got the credit and the job. He can go to Harley Davidson and roll out on a brand new bike. Mm-hmm. No. You're right. No, with he's the, like this. He's like, he's like, I have saved up. He's got no student loans. Yeah. He's got a house. Right. He's, he's got a truck. Saying, right. He's got his bike there. And he's like, but he's he's a man that lives within his means. That is the trick, right? He doesn't the go trick. above and beyond. He has the envelope system to where the check comes in. It goes, you know what I mean? He's got it set aside and he's got his savings and he's got what he can spend and what he can do. And he doesn't, he doesn't go out and he's got a nice truck. He's got the credit to buy a nicer truck. Why would he do that when this one gets me right. around and I'm happy with well, this? Well, see, that's just it. My dad used to say this. He goes, it was like, if you, if, you, if you get out of high school and you go to the trades, you're immediately going to make money, more money than if you go to college and go that direction. Now, this is back when college was actually a reasonably priced endeavor. And by reasonable, I mean a, a, you could afford it, right? If you yeah. wanted to, you could go. Um, the problem was those people that took the money – they were only 18 years old. And at 18 years old, you start doing stupid shit. You start buying the Camaro or whatever. You yeah. buy the fancy sports car. Yeah. And then you buy the next thing and the next thing yeah. and the next thing. And you end up at 50 and you've got a, bu- a heap of debt. You've been through a bankruptcy and you got all these problems. What you're talking about is a very, very special quality. Like somebody at yeah. that age who can make those rational decisions and see it. And a lot of that's upbringing. I think a lot of that is right. – we've talked about our juvenile cases where the frontal cord – it's like you, people you, – not everybody is programmed to make those kind of rational decisions at that age. And doing something like college is not necessarily the education, but it's the delay of the – of, of, of the power to go screw yourself up, I suppose, or opportunity to make dumb yeah. decisions. And there was a time in our parents' world that everybody had to go to the military. You got drafted and you spent a couple or three years or do whatever. And you got your college paid for after that. And that was that time frame where you could go turn into an adult that's yeah. responsible. Where do they do that still? Korea? Prescriptive service. They, I think there's there's probably a lot of countries. Oh, there's there, a lot right? of countries. There's some that you have like to serve Israel. a certain amount of time in Israel, Israel Switzerland, everybody yeah. goes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. I heard a stat on NPR that, that kind of punctuates your point about wasting money. I, th- I'm, it was it's staggering. Like seventy five percent of the individuals that played in the NFL two years after the NFL, they're done with their playing days, and they yeah. two years after they're so, they're broke. They're broke. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you know I, HBO has a show called Ballers. Yeah, and it's it's I, I love it. it's a great show, but it opened my eyes up. I'm not a big sports fan. Ever got into it, and I was like, how many people could take advantage of those guys? 
because they have been led their whole lives through school and everything go through and then they get these enormous paychecks and they've got their cousin or an investor that comes to yeah. them and says, hey, we got to open these flower shops, you know what I mean? Or whatever, I'm sure yeah. they've got- Or they got these their groups, money, clans groups. that they're buying cars for their buddies. The entourage yeah. and the yeah. houses that they're living in and, and just going- See, now, I always- On that end, I have a difficulty because I, I always like an exit strategy. And that's with my finances and everything. And I talked to my accountants and they're like, you got this big line of credit you never use, you know, you, and a lot of successful and, and it's very difficult for me to do, but it's proper is to where you make more money than other people's money. Don't spend your own. No, absolutely. I, ha- I have, I, I have, I don't know if it's a moral or it's, it's, I have a difficulty in that. They, the bankers tell me I should do it. The my my accountants tell me well, I should. You're not do talking it. about let's let's clarify because you're not talking about duping somebody into giving you money. No, playing with that. You're talking no. about borrowing money from a bank as an alternative to paying off something else. Yes. So you could pay off your house, which I know you like. You, that's your goal. Yeah. And my goal would be I don't want to pay off my house, but if I delay paying off my house for the purpose of buying more dumb shit. Well, that's a bad decision. But if I delay paying off my house and I use that money somewhere else where I'm making- To earn money to, as an investment. Yeah, where to, I'm to making go through. more on that, yes. that endeavor than I am on the interest on my house. Well, that makes financial sense to me. Or if I've got the cash back because I feel more comfortable, I can still pay that mortgage, but I know that I got access to cash and it makes me more comfortable. Hmm. But there's too many people that will carry- This is like this was the housing crisis. Everybody would want a bigger house, borrow more, get more, get more. But- I mean, I pay off and hire where it's like you can get more deductions, Jared, if you didn't pay so much. And it's like, well, you know, I'd just rather. But, you know, I mean, it it just. There's no right or wrong. It's it's how you sleep at night. It's like, Mm -hmm. I always want an exit strategy. Well, uh, what makes you happy? You said that to me earlier today. I want my kids to do what makes them happy. It's like you, you, the story you just told reminds me of my nephew, Tyler. You know, I, I don't think people see him as the norm because. He doesn't want to spend four years in college. He doesn't want to take on that debt. He doesn't want to do those those things. But he was raised by a dad who can uh, – Kevin, who I've talked about before, he can really fix anything. He just bought his first car. He's working for uh, a hospital, basically shipping back and forth different laundry and, and washing it and bringing it back. And the other day, my father-in-law, we were on vacation, told me, he's like, you know, I was talking to Tyler. And I was like, you know, what do you think, man? Are you trying to work up in, in the company? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I, I want to drive that truck. I like driving that truck. I like getting I like getting things where they need to be. I like doing my job. And he's happy. And he bought his first car. Yeah, do it. It's like that is not – it's different than my concept because I'll be honest with you. This this job that we do, I hate it sometimes. I hate it. I would say I hate it a lot of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he gets up every day and he's happy and he's he's driving a car that he's been able to save and pay for and – He's got zero student loans to worry about. So who's got it figured out, right? Yeah, who's you know? got it figured out? Exactly but right. Here's the thing. I would never be happy doing that, not because I'm above it, but because I have attention issues that I need to go do stuff. I need I, I, I need to be happy action. I need stuff. I need like – we built a freaking studio in the basement of my law building, right? Who the hell does that? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess really the moral of the story is that – Well, this is just Studio C. I mean we got A and B to get to. Right. Everybody has a story. Everybody's yeah. got a story. If we're going to take this home, that's the thing. So you got a story? Check us out.
OhioLegalDefense.com. You can check out Lawyer Talk right there. Right? That, that would brought it right back home. See what we did there? Boom. Right I mean, I'm going to go further. I don't, I don't drive this train, but submit your story. Give us some detail. Maybe you could be on this thing. Yeah. So, and you know, there's a guy. There's a guy I've got in mind. He doesn't know it yet. We might meet him Sunday. You know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to mention anything yet because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But there's a guy. And this is an individual that through a weird twist of fate, my path crossed with his one Sunday. And he may be the guy. If he's got a good story to tell and he's interested to tell it, he may be here in Studio C at the 511 on Lawyer Talk. Like thank everybody for listening. We're going to thank everybody. How are we going to wrap this up? Say, thank everybody for listening. I don't know. I'm not like, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, but stay tuned for the rest of the story. All right. So Jared's not done. We are going to say this. Yeah. Oh, let's thank Jared for telling his Absolutely. story. I mean, look, when, when we started the story, we didn't have a studio. When we started this story, we had only three microphones in my office upstairs. That was acoustically the equivalent of like a gymnasium. We had uh, no real plan. We had no real idea of what was going to happen. And not really my favorite thing to talk about. And, and we're like, well, not, that's not, the thing. Not, that, just, just everybody knows. Like, I, if, 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 if everybody enjoyed it, I'm glad you did. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not stepping on your toes, but you had to go through a lot in your personal life to share the stories as, as well. I mean, people need to know that. Yeah, um, it wasn't easy for you. But our production values are getting better. The sound's getting better. We're adding video to it. You know, we're learning as we go. And I think the episodes are going to continue to get better and better. And what we've realized is it's probably a lawyer talk without our boy Jared. No, it's uh, it's the thing. And, I, I you know, we need, we need to hire like a cartoonist. You remember going to Disney where there would always be like a cartoonist yeah. who would do like the little caricatures? Yep. Yeah, we need one of those for all three. We, we all need a caricature. Yeah, we got to get a little – yeah, we got to get a – I, no offense to yours. We got to get a new uh, little. So I guess in, until next time, I need to download my app and get on my Limebird scooter and roll on. Oh, we got the that. Way. We got to talk about that. We're, we're going to that. that. We're going to call it Lawyer Talk Off the Record Scooter Central. Yep, the Millennium Force. But I envision this like force, cartoon it. of a of a beard, cartoon of some big mutton chops, maybe a little like chef coat on with a knife. Then you in like a I don't know strapping suit. Looking like a looking like, <laughs> a, is, like a lawyer, which is absurd. You, you were on vacation, and the Burns had to sub in for the beard. Not that I did anything. <laughs> I was just sitting around with Steve, and, and he would talk, and I was listening. And I was like, "Man, I'm I'm doing okay, but I'm only partially there. You need the full beard. I hope. Uh, I, you, you I think we make a good. But team. you're back now. I'm, I'm back. I hate that. I, 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 miss it. I was I was down here a lot. The I know. week you were gone. I know. And I was just I was, I was crying myself to sleep because I didn't have my therapeutic lawyer talk session. Well. Plenty more to come here on Lawyer Talk, off the record, on the air, on the video air, at least until now.